0: All right, let's dig in this morning. Glad that you are here. We've been in this uh, first part of the year talking about what it means to walk by faith. In our state of the sermon, our state of the church sermon last Sunday, we talked about how we were going to walk that faith out together as one body. And if you missed that sermon, I hope you'll go online and uh, view that on our YouTube archive channel and be able to see where God is taking us in the days ahead. And so, an extension of that first sermon series of walking by faith, I wanted. To give you an example out of scripture we have all kinds of examples of extraordinary faith whether you think about David versus Goliath whether you think about the walls of Jericho coming down whether you think about Moses parting the Red Sea we find all these stories of extraordinary faith and then we struggle in our own experience and wonder well why don't I exhibit that kind of extraordinary faith so we're going to look at the difference between extraordinary and ordinary Well, I got some sermon illustrations just this past week. I took our youth pastors to Louisiana. One of our very own, John Frame, who used to be a youth pastor here, is now a pastor in Louisiana, and uh, their church is just uh, exploding. Uh, extraordinary things that are happening. So I took our youth pastors, uh, it's right outside of Shreveport and Bo- Bossier, and I got online, I booked us a hotel, and I went by the pretty picture that it was showing up on Expedia, and, and we showed up and as you know, the pictures are never, it's kind of like uh, uh, well, what Facebook can do with somebody's profile, right? We can always look better online than in person so we show up at this La Quinta that should have been my first uh, uh, warning right there and it was a pretty picture it looked good and everybody knows La Quinta is Spanish for next to Denny's this was so bad it wasn't even there wasn't even a Denny's around for five miles it was so bad we showed up at this place and it was literally next to nasty it was so bad cockroaches had moved out of the hotel to the next one next door it was just unbelievably bad and so I'm looking at this I'm like this isn't even ordinary this is like this is crazy it's the difference between a La Quinta and a Hilton ordinary and extraordinary well the week got a little bit better we showed up at a restaurant one night and it had been a long day as we'd been observing the student ministry there and we were kind of tired and and so we just needed a little something to finish off the day so we looked to the dessert menu now there's ordinary desserts and then there's extraordinary God's will for mankind there's Bread pudding, when you think of bread pudding, that's pretty ordinary, right? Not everybody digs bread pudding. It can be kind of bland and kind of, but on the back of this menu, guys, I'm I'm not even making this up. It was just designed for us. Krispy Kreme bread pudding. Can you imagine? I'm like, there is a God. This trip is gonna make it. It was The difference between ordinary and extraordinary. What about a body of believers? Are we gonna be just an ordinary church? A Lakinta Baptist, or are we going to be an extraordinary group of people that pursue an extraordinary God? Because I believe God is the God of the extraordinary. And that ought to be happening in our ministries. It ought to be happening in our lives personally. And so as we live out our stewardship of grace, let's don't be ordinary. Let's learn to be extraordinary. And when you look at that word extraordinary, it tells you a lot about the difference between an ordinary faith and a faith that radically makes a difference in the world. You can look at that word extraordinary. It can be one word, or you can let it be more than one word, and you start to see the depth of that word. Well, when we think about one-word lines like extraordinary faith or the stewardship of grace, there's a lot of wisdom that can come from a simple phrase or word. Uh, Walt Disney uh, gave us the understanding of a kunamatata. What's a kuna matata? No worries. no worries. We can think about other phrases. For example, a lot of wisdom here. Three kinds of people in the world. Did you know this? There are three kinds of people. I want you to see which one you are. Three kinds of people in this world. Those who can count and those who can't. All right? That is a great deep truth if you're <laughs> paying attention this morning, right? Then you have phrases like dogs believe they're humans and cats believe they are god right am i right these are little nuggets of truth if at first you don't succeed then skydiving isn't for you these are things that seem to make sense when you dig into them and this one is really important it's not whether you win or lose it's whether i win or lose am i right steve come on now right that's the way it rolls those are some crazy sayings that go around that really speak some deeper things, but what about faith? Is faith just a word that gets thrown around? Is that just a single word that you've heard all your life? Or is there such a thing as extraordinary faith? Well, I'm going to give you a picture of it from Scripture. If you have your Bibles, find First Chronicles chapter 4 this morning. First Chronicles chapter 4. Probably been a while, unless you're chronologically reading through the Bible, or if you happen to be reading from cover to cover. First Chronicles chapter 4, perhaps it's a while since you've been there. I want to show you a verse, one verse. Now don't get excited, it doesn't mean you get out early. There's a lot of other verses that will support this verse. But there's a verse that just jumps out off the pages of Scripture of an extraordinary faith that is tied to the name of Jabez. Look at it, verse 10. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, "Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border." and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested." If you read this one simple verse, you're gonna see an extraordinary prayer. You're gonna see an extraordinary faith. Uh, a guy by the name of Jabez, who believed that God was bigger than what he was experiencing, and that by faith he would pursue this God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, and all of his strength. In 2000, Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book that swept the nation called The Prayer of Jabez. And it was wonderful to see how many in the church learned to let God work in their life supernaturally. But unfortunately, during that time, many misinterpreted what was trying to be communicated in that book, The Prayer of Jabez, and they focused on some secret formula— They focused on the prayer or this way of manipulating God rather than where Jabez was, and he was just focused on glorifying God. And so as we go through this, I don't want us to just look at a prayer to be prayed. I don't want to just look at this one verse and take some cute notes, but I hope it will radically impact the faith in which we live this year. When was the last time that you experienced the supernatural? When was the last time that you could point to something extraordinary that you could share with somebody else that God was doing in your story? Well, the sad thing is, I think the church has settled for just an ordinary existence, struggling through this world, hoping for one day to experience extraordinary and go to heaven. God didn't save you just to take you to heaven. Jesus said, I came that you might have what? Life, and life what? He didn't say eternally, although we know we have eternal life for God so loved the world. He gave us his only son, that whoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. But Jesus said this, I came for more than just giving you a ticket to heaven. I came that you might have an abundant, that that, that speaks of extraordinary, uh, overflowing, not just an ordinary life, but an abundant, extraordinary life. Well, I want you to see the context before we dig into verse 10. I want you to see all around it. So if you have your Bibles, I hope you do, open them up and look at verse 1 through 8. As you look at verses 1 through 8, we're not even going to read it together. Uh, If you were reading through that, you would have a temptation to just read through these next couple of chapters here in 1 Chronicles, and you'd look at it and say, why is that even in the Bible? Uh, you start reading a bunch of names that you can't even pronounce of people who begot who and, and this person had these children and this person had this sister and this person was the father of and it goes on and on. Just read, just glance down it. verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8, drop down to verse 11. Verse 11, verse 12, verse 13, it goes on and on and on and you look at that and say, help me Rhonda, what in the world is that doing in scripture? Why do I need to know all those things? Well, there's some relevance if we had time to unpack it and you would give me 12 weeks, we could probably dig through the significance of why all of those names are there. But what I want you to see is you look at that whole exhaustive chapter, all of a sudden right in the middle, right out of all of these names after names after names after names, God puts on the brakes. And all of a sudden, all these other people that seem to live just an ordinary life, that had ordinary families and ordinary stories, we find the example of someone different, a guy by the name of Jabez. And so I want us to start, we're going we're to look at his extraordinary prayer over the next three weeks. But today I want you to look at this man who experienced an extraordinary faith. We find some clues in verse 9. Go to verse 9. This is something we can read. This is something that God wanted you to see about the difference between ordinary and extra ordinary. Take a look at it. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Well, shouldn't every child be named Jabez? Come on now. Can I hear it from the mamas in the room? (laughs) What child hadn't been born with pain? Apparently, he was a little bit of an extra pain. Uh, my mom had that same experience named him sam not bill but sam he was the pain in our family jabez apparently had some kind of significant birth but look at verse 10 here's the prayer so jabez this one who was born with the label of being a pain didn't let that be the definition of his story he ended up being defined by his faith so he called on the god of israel He cried out to the Lord saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my borders, that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm, that it would not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. But then there was Jabez. All of these other stories are listed out, but then the spotlight of the Holy Spirit illuminates this one story That we know as Jabez. There was something different about this one. What was the difference? Well, let me point out a couple things. The first thing I want to point out, you can see it in verse 9 again. Look at verse 9. It says, He was more honorable than his brothers. He was honorable. That's a distinction. It could have been described in a number of different ways, but the first thing that is described about this man is he was more honorable than his brothers. Now, his name wasn't very honorable. We talked about the issue. His name reflected pain. And, and growing up, he was constantly reminded that he was just a little pain in the neck or a little pain in life, or he experienced and brought great pain to his mother. But that wasn't the def- definition of his story. He didn't let that conform him into an ordinary existence and continuing on and just becoming a bigger pain in life. He chose to be more honorable. Well, that word honorable, you may have your own thought of what that means, but literally in the Hebrew, it means to be more glorious. Uh, That honorable, obviously, to have honor means you're a person of character. But this was a man who reflected a glorious character. It's a man who walked in this earth different than everyone else. He was a man who reflected the glory of God. He was honorable in all of his decisions, He lived according to God's word and God's design. He didn't live according to his flesh, his own desires. He didn't live like everyone in culture. He didn't live up to his name. But he lived an honorable life, a life that brought glory to God. Scripture says all of us have fallen short of his glory. Uh, That's the struggle of the flesh. That's the definition of sin. Sin is anything that does not glorify God. And here we find in Jabez what made him extraordinary. Uh, We don't find great feats. We don't find him slaying giants. We don't find him uh, walking around walls and they come crumbling down. We don't find him parting red seas. But you know what we find Jabez doing? Living life honorably. Living a life that glorifies God in every decision he was making. I'm sure he wasn't a perfect man, but he was more honorable than other men. Not for his own glory, but it was an honor that showed that this was a man submitted to God because only God followers can live honorable lives. The second thing we see is not only was he an honorable man, but he was a faithful man. He was a man of faith. He had a faith that was directed upward, not outward. He had a faith not that was pointed inward of I can do all things or I'm somebody great or I'm building my reputation as an honorable man so people will think I'm special, but he was a man of faith. He called on the God of Israel. Now notice the direction of his faith. He called on the God of Israel. He didn't call on his own abilities. He didn't call on the banker to help him grow his estate and his significance, he didn't call on the government he didn't call on his culture he didn't call on what was uh, popular he didn't call on his own flesh and what he wanted to do but the bible says he was a man that pursued god he looked to the god of israel and so if you're struggling with the difference between a lakinta faith or a real vibrant extraordinary faith it may be what's going on inside don't blame god Who wants to do a glorious thing through your life sometimes we just say well that's just the way life is this is just an ordinary life i'll never be extraordinary you just read about those stories in scripture all those people woke up one day all those people decided am i going to live ordinary or am i going to let god do the extraordinary and we have a tendency to see those stories as literally that stories and we forget they were real people that had a choice as well There was a whole army of Israel that saw Goliath. Every one of those soldiers had the same opportunity as David, but only David had the faith to trust God to bring the victory. So where is the focus of your faith today? Are you just focused on getting to heaven? Or are you focused on letting God work in your life every day as you make your way closer to heaven? It is an issue of faith. Jabez placed his faith in a God he could not see, but one that he knew intimately. It changed his story. He was honorable. It changed his focus. He was faithful. And because of that, and because of that relationship he had with God, he just didn't have an awareness there was a God, but he had a walk with God. And how do we know that? Look at verse 10 again. He was a man of prayer. It says, Jabez called on the God of Israel. And as he called out to God, he just didn't do a rote prayer. It was a very intimate prayer. It was a personal prayer. And he prayed unto the Lord for God to do the extraordinary. Sometimes I think we just pray the way we've kind of seen it prayed in church. We pray over our hospital list, and we should. We pray for our children and our family, and we should. We pray for friends who are hurting, and we should. But do we pray for the extraordinary Do we ever pray for God to do something unexplainable in our lives, or do we just go through the ordinary list of how we pray? He prayed unlike most people pray. He understood that God was his only hope and that God was the God of the supernatural. So instead of experiencing just the natural and praying over things in the natural realm, he teaches us how to pray beyond that. Now, should we pray for things in the natural realm? He will. But we should also be praying for other things. So here are four things that he prays about, and we're going to break these down in the weeks to come. But look at the things he prayed for. Number one, he said, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. Now, that sounds pretty selfish. And as we think about this, and as we study this prayer, this can be something that the enemy can twist in your life, and it can become very selfish, or it can become very spiritual it's a difference between an ordinary response or an extraordinary response but he says lord bless me and bless me indeed so next week we're going to see what that means number two and lord enlarge my borders what does that mean well you got to keep coming back you got to keep tuning in and we'll dig into that and we'll see what he was praying for he's praying for his influence in this earth verse three or the third three not first three third thing he prayed for is, God, that your hand would be with me. He understood that if he was going to live in this life and live in this world, if he did it in his own strength, he would fail. That if he was just going to try to be Superman, he would fail every single time. You don't get extraordinary results because you just come up with more willpower. No, you need the hand of God on your life. You say, well, don't all Christians have the hand of God on their life? All Christians have relationship with God, but that doesn't mean they have a fellowship with God. It doesn't mean that the hand of God is guiding them and directing them. Sometimes we step away from that, like a prodigal son or a daughter. We can step away from those things, and the hand of God isn't on us. It doesn't mean we've lost our salvation, but we've lost the extraordinary. Number four, he also said, Lord, keep me from harm. Four simple things that when you look at you say, well, what's so extraordinary about that? What's so big about those four things? If you'll give me the next few weeks, I think you'll come to understand why this was such a powerful prayer and what that can mean in your life and in mine. And as you look at verse 10 again, as you see the very last things, he prays for these four things. And apparently we needed to see it because God put the brakes on enough to put this verse right in the middle of that chapter. He wanted us to see an extraordinary example of how to really pray and how to pursue life this side of heaven. Because the Bible says as he prayed those things, if that was out of bounds, if that was some kind of crazy manipulative prayer, we wouldn't see the last part of verse 10. It says, and God granted him the request. Ask and you shall seek, and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. So many people radically transform when they find God's saving grace. You can remember that moment when God showed up and when God revealed to you your sin and and your need for a Savior, and you can go back to that defining moment when grace turned your life right side up. And you can remember the joy of that moment, the power of that moment, and how extraordinary that day was when you were saved. And then from there, it's like this bell curve. All of a sudden, that mountaintop experience just becomes very ordinary it's as if we live in a valley the rest of our lives, a valley of faith. Now, God designed you not to just experience saving grace, but to experience a grace every day that is extraordinary. So in the next few weeks, we're going to look at this highlighted prayer. Why did God put that in there? Why is that verse sitting there right in the middle of all these ordinary, well, they're not so ordinary names, but this ordinary list of name after name after name, Why did he want us to look at this guy who could have had a reputation of being a pain, but instead became a man of honor? What do we need to learn and see in our lives so that God can do the unexplainable and the extraordinary? There's a million ordinary things in this world. There are a million things that are copycats and copycat versions of this or that. And then there are those things that are just known as extraordinary. I wonder what the community thinks as they drive past this campus. Do they see cars parked out with snow piles out on the parking lot? Do they just think, well, those people are crazy? Or do they think, man, something special is going on there? What do your neighbors think about your story? Oh, they go to Putnam City Baptist Church uh, they're them baptists is that what they, or do they see a fresh walk with god and say man i want what they have i don't know about you but i'm tired of settling for the ordinary and i don't want to be just listed in the pages of oklahoma cities well they don't have yellow pages anymore but if they did the pages of all the different church do you know how many southern baptist churches are in this city alone anybody have a guess 160 some odd That's just Baptists. There are churches everywhere. Will we be an ordinary people who meet as ordinary on Sunday mornings and if we need a little boost in the middle of the week, might show up for a Wednesday? Or will we be the church of God, alive with a vibrant faith, living honorable testimonies different than the rest of our culture, and people say, what is it that you have I don't have? That's when we start to see God do the extraordinary. Now, here's the good news. I'm going to do something extraordinary that I've never done before. I'm going to let you out of church early. Come on. Now can you get juiced about the extraordinary? I did that on purpose. Are you ready? Let's pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Mess with me and I'll pray for a long, long time. (laughs) But let's don't leave until we respond to God's Word. It's a simple verse. It's a simple story of Jabez. There's only one verse, two verses on this guy. But it was extraordinary enough for the Holy Spirit to put a spotlight on Jabez. Would you be willing to let God let you be a shining light like Jabez? Not for your glory, but for his. That's what it means to be honorable. It means to bring glory, glorious story. To show the glory of a holy God because we live different from the rest of this world, because we live by faith and not by the flesh, because we have submitted to him and him alone, not to our passions or our desires. Now, I'm going to encourage the church, those who know Christ, to begin to pray like Jabez, to begin to call out to God and say, God, bless me. God, work in my story. Maybe that's where you start today. Maybe you say, God, forgive me for settling for the ordinary, the explainable. God, open up my heart to walk by faith. Would you pray a dangerous prayer like that? If you ask for it, God will do it. He did it for Jabez. He did what Jabez asked of him. You say, oh, wow, well, then I'll ask him about the next lottery numbers. That's not, he wasn't asking for things that would bless him naturally. He was looking for the supernatural and the unexplainable. How about us? The Bible says God will give us the desires of our heart. Next few weeks, we'll study the desires of Jabez's heart. What's your desire? What do you desire to God to do right now in your life? Just share that with Him. And, and maybe as these others are praying, maybe you're sitting there and say, man, I have nothing to pray about. I just showed up for church today. I, don't, I know there is a God, but I don't know him personally. I don't have a relationship with God and then today that could change the Bible says today is the day of salvation not tomorrow not next year not when you figure it out not when you do better today is the day of salvation if you need to be saved I'm going to encourage you to come to the front meet me right here at the front with our other staff they'll pray with you they'll encourage you they'll show you how you could be saved Maybe you've just been sitting in the background. Maybe you've just been kind of floating around and through this COVID season, it's been easy to hide. Maybe there's some people that need to step up. Is that at our wild game feast that several marked on the cards, I need to become more active in my faith. I think that's a reality in the body of Christ. We have become ordinary rather than living and letting God do the extraordinary in our lives. If you need a church home, a family uh, we encourage you to come. Say, man, I want to join the church. We'd love to have you as we receive members. Maybe you just need somebody to pray over you. We'd love to pray for you as well. What's your prayer? What's your response? Father, be blessed in these moments. Before we ask for your blessing, God, we want to first give you our blessing. We want to bless your holy name. We do that now in our steps of obedience, and our transparency in our submission, our repentance, our obedience. Spirit of God, work, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.